Well, here at Thomas Road, as you guys know, we've been kind of walking through uh, the book of Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers. Now we are walking through the book of Deuteronomy, and if you're following along with our reading through God's Word in six months, today you'll conclude the book of Deuteronomy. And it's an important time because if you've noticed, and I hope you've kind of paid attention a little bit, that, you know, when we were in Genesis, that we talked a lot about creation, and we talked a lot about, you know, kind of the, the foundation of the covenant that God made through Abraham, and we, we kind of walked through that season. We got all the way up through uh, with, with Joseph, and, and we finally found as, as Israel, Jacob, and his sons, and all of his family made their way down to Egypt. And then we move into the book of Exodus, and quickly we read about how that, that, that Genesis move into Exodus, that, that time that Israel moved into Egypt when they arrived in that land, and they arrived as, as welcomed guests of the king, that it says very closely right up in the beginning of the book of Exodus that there came a time when all of those people had died and they had forgotten who they were. And they began to, to take Israel away from being, you know, welcomed special VIP guests in the land, and they became slaves. And they became oppressed. And we know the story that God raised up Moses to deliver Israel from, uh, from slavery there in Egypt and, and delivered them out, took them across the Red Sea. But then right there in the middle of the book of Exodus and then all the way through to the end of the book of Deuteronomy, you know what we see? So, so in half of Exodus... And then you go into Leviticus and then Numbers and now through Deuteronomy. What we see is a large portion of God's Word of God speaking to Moses and then Moses speaking to the people to try to get them to figure out what it really means to walk with God. Because Israel, even though they had seen God do some incredible things, and even, they, even though they had been delivered from slavery, from oppression, from, from all of their hardships that they found back in Egypt, God had done some amazing things in their journey, but what we see clearly is this, is they could not get it through their thick skulls that God was on their side. And they kept going back to their old ways, going back to sin, going back to disobedience, going back to rebellion. And so we find ourselves in the book of Deuteronomy. After God had already told Moses that, that all of those who were, uh, you know, who were alive during this time in the wilderness, who disobeyed, they're not going to see the promised land. They're not going to see it. And so, you know, God is, is telling Moses that it's the next generation that is going to see the fulfillment of God's covenant, the fulfillment of God's promise in the promised land. Now, in the book of Deuteronomy, which, by the way, even means a second giving of the law. That's what that word Deuteronomy means from the Septuagint. In other words, it's a second law giving. It's another opportunity where a restatement where Moses is saying, listen, guys, I'm about to die. This was his swan song. This was like his last message to Israel. In fact, when you get back towards the end of the book of Deuteronomy today, if you haven't already read it this morning, we're going to find as Moses dies. And so, you know, Moses recognizes, man, my time is up. I'm about to, you know, kind of go the way of my fathers is the way the Bible says, which basically means he's going to drop dead soon. And so in that time, Moses, under the inspiration of God, is speaking to the people of Israel saying, guys, will you please figure this thing out? And he once again restates all of the important things that God has told Israel, that this is what you must do. This is how you must live. This is how you must walk. This is how you must follow me in everything. And so he's restating it. Moses is telling them, listen, guys, remember when I told you before? Let me tell you again. 
And the book of Deuteronomy, sometimes when you read it, you sit back and you think, man, but didn't I already read this once before? Haven't I already seen this? You know, I just saw this in a couple of, you know, a couple of chapters back and a couple of books back. But it's very important. In fact, the book of Deuteronomy is so important that it is quoted 80 times in the New Testament. Jesus himself pointed back to the book of Deuteronomy to remind the people of first century Jerusalem, those people who were hearing his words and seeing his miracles, he was making it clear, hey, remember what was said back in the book of Deuteronomy? You see, it's an important book that Moses was giving this message, really three sermons, about 3,500 years ago, but the messages that are found there, the truths that are given there are messages that are still important to us today that we've got to grab a hold of. And so it's not some archaic book that talks about like what to do when you find your, you know, your neighbor's ox out in the field. You know, it's not some archaic book that tells you what to do when, when someone accidentally kills someone and you tell them to run to the city of refuge. It's not some book that, that gives you these rules and these laws that like mean nothing. What it really is is a picture of God's love despite our rebellion. In other words, it's a message for you and me, because I can guarantee you of all the people seated in this room here today, of all those watching right now by television around the world, here's what I know. I know that every person who's hearing my voice today is a person who, just like the people of Israel 3,500 years ago, you are living in rebellion today, that you are living in a time where you claim the name of Christ, that you're walking with God as best you can, but there's always moments There's moments when we fall behind. There's moments when we we miss it, when we get to the place where we choose to walk in our own way rather than choosing to walk the way of God. And so the book of Deuteronomy is an important passage, an important message that, that, that God gives to us to help us understand like what it really means to walk in His ways. And so I just want to give you some important statements from the book of Deuteronomy from chapter 11. Some kind of important things that we kind of need to hide away, that we need to kind of grab a hold of. So when you think of the book of Deuteronomy, you're not sitting there thinking of cities of refuge. You're not thinking of, you know, oxen oxen that has fallen in a hole or, uh, you know, what happens when, you know, this person steals this, you know, piece of of property or, you know, or, or what to do when you, you know, cut off the fatty lobe of the liver. We're not talking about that stuff. We're talking about something that's really important here of what God is telling us of how to walk in His ways. And so I'm going to give you just kind of a theme verse that we're going to kind of focus on today. It's from Genesis chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 1. And it says this, Therefore love the Lord your God and always keep His mandate and His statutes, His ordinances and His commands. Let me read that one more time because I think that's something that we need to let sink in. Therefore love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. Does that sound familiar, by the way? It sounds familiar because if you jump forward into the New Testament in Matthew chapter 22, remember when Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment? Like, what's the most important part of the law? What's the most important thing that we were given 1,500 years before this moment, Jesus, that, that, we, that Moses told us that we have to live by? And remember what happened in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Jesus said to him, love, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on these two commands. 
And so Jesus restated it after Moses restated it here in the book of Deuteronomy, love the Lord your God. And we live in a world today where so often what we end up doing is we end up walking in our own ways just like Israel did. We end up choosing our own paths just like Israel did. We decide to do things the way that we want to do them rather than the way that God told us to do them just as Israel did. And so the book of Deuteronomy is just kind of like a one more gut punch that Moses gives right before he is to die to tell Israel, hey, listen, guys, you got to get this. This is important. And so today what I want to give to you is kind of, a, kind of a, a short, abbreviated synopsis of what Moses said one last time before his death to the people of Israel of what it really means to follow God. And so we see in this passage, Moses wanted to convey that walking with God is better than any other option. Walking with God is better than anything else that we can come up with. Look what it says here in Deuteronomy chapter 11 in verse 13 and following. God speaking, now listen, if you carefully obey my commands, I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and worship Him with all your heart and all of your soul. Now listen to these promises that God makes in verse 14. I will provide rain for your land in the proper time. The autumn and the spring rains, and you will, have, uh, you will harvest your grain, new wine, and oil. I will provide grass in your fields for your livestock. And listen to this last statement, and you will eat and be satisfied. So what God is saying here, listen, if you will get this, if you will understand this, if you will follow after me and walk with me and obey what I'm telling you, believe what I'm telling you, know that this is what you are supposed to do. Here's what God promises. For the rest of your days, I will give you everything that you need. Now remember, Israel was a stubborn people. They were called a stiff-necked people, right? God called them a stiff-necked people. You know what that basically means? They were hard-headed. They, they were the kind of people that they knew what was right. They knew what was smart. They knew what it was that they were supposed to do, but they wouldn't do it. And man, that sounds a whole lot like you and me. Like, you know, it snowed outside like overnight, right? And so you know like when it snows and when it gets icy and when the roads are slick, you've got to be careful when you drive. Am I right about that? But yet sometimes we can get a little stiff-necked, right? A little, little, little rebellious and a little like I'm smarter than anyone else and, and I don't need your help. In fact, I had a little bit of an example of that last night. So my son Nicholas and his best friend Reese, who are sitting right over here on the, the second row. So last night I was talking with them at dinner. And I was telling them that, you know, it's going to snow in the morning, and my daughter had taken my car, which is a four-wheel drive. So she was driving my car, and I've got an old pickup truck. And this old pickup truck has these tires on them that have no tread whatsoever. I mean, they're like racing tires, right? And it's not due for an inspection until April, and I am like being hard-headed, and I will not get new tires for that thing, because I don't want to spend the money before I have to. And I know that sounds what? Stupid, right? <laughs> And so I told them last night, because I didn't have a car, I said, well, I'm just going to drive the pickup truck. And they're like, you cannot drive the pickup truck. You will wreck, you'll end up in a ditch. I was like, I'm going to be fine. It's not that big of a deal. They're only calling for two to four inches. No big deal. It's all good. And so what they did last night, so to, to their, their um, wise and um, aged with a little bit of gray hair, which God calls that wisdom, right? <laughs> So they decided that I wasn't smart enough to figure this out on my own. So, you know, they came to my house last night and they stole the keys out of my truck. 
They came and they stole the keys, and then after they drive away, they call me, oh, by the way, we took the keys. So, so, so you see, they were thinking that I was being stiff-necked, and so they were saying, we'll, we'll show him. That's what Moses was telling the people of Israel. What God was saying, that listen, you think you have all the answers, you do not. You think you know how to do this, you don't. Because remember now, going all the way back to halfway through the book of Exodus that we've been reading as a church, like so halfway through the book of Exodus and then into Leviticus and then through Numbers and now through Deuteronomy over and over again, what's the message we're getting? Israel was stubborn, right? They were rebellious. And every time that they heard God's truth, they would follow it for a little bit, for a season, and then it's, ah, it's no big deal. Like, we can do this better on our own. God, why did you bring us out in the wilderness to die? We had it better off before. So they were stubborn. They were rebellious. And so the book of Deuteronomy in chapter 11 here was just kind of a, another statement to make it really clear. That God is telling, guys, listen, I have delivered you from slavery. I have walked you through the wilderness. I have protected you from the armies who have come after you. I've given you victory upon victory upon victory. Just across that river over there is a land that is beautiful, that is flowing with milk and honey, as God's word says. And that land, let me tell you, that land is a gift that I have wrapped up with a, a nice little bow on it and is ready for you. That is your land, and you're about to enter into that land. But then here's what God says. But you better love me, and you better follow all the things that I'm telling you to follow. You better do everything that I've said that you must do. You must obey me, because if you do, I will make that land over there a place where constantly you will have everything that you could ever imagine. I will provide rain for your crops. I will provide grass for your livestock. I'll give you everything that you could ever hope for. It is beyond your wildest imagination and dreams. That is what I have prepared for you if you obey. And so you see the lesson that God is giving through Moses to the children of Israel. One more time, like over and over again he says it, but again one more time, that if you will obey me, if you will love me, if you will walk with me, it's better than anything else that you can come up with. Now, the converse, obviously, is true. And so God gives it to us right here in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 11. The second thought is that not walking with God has devastating consequences. So remember the first one now, right? So walking with God is better than any other option, but not walking with God has devastating consequences. Look what it says in this passage in verses 16 and 17. It says this, Be careful that you're not enticed to turn aside worship and bow down to other gods. Then the Lord's anger will, anger will burn against you, and He will close the sky. In other words, no rain. There will be no rain. The land will not yield its produce, and you will, not, and you will perish quickly from the good land the Lord is giving to you. In other words, the Lord gives them a very clear statement, a quick declaration. Guys, listen, if you obey me, it is going to be amazing. If you disobey me, it's going to be horrible. Now, does that sound a little bit like maybe something that your parents told you when you were younger? Like, if you do what I tell you, man, it's going to be a great day, but if you disobey me, if you don't do your homework, right, if you don't clean your room, 
That's what God is telling to the children of Israel. That's what, through Moses, he's making it very clear, that while God is patient, our obedience is commanded. You see, sometimes I think we get to the place where we think because God is such a loving God, because God cares about us so much that He longs to be with us so much that, that, that He lets us get away with more than we should. And we think, well, you know, I really don't have to do that because my salvation is assured, right? So there was a moment when I came and I believed that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died and that He rose again for me, and I believe that, and I've called on His name, and I have been saved through the gift of Jesus Christ through His death, burial, and resurrection. Therefore, I can't lose that. Therefore, I'll just live however I want to live. I'll do whatever I want to do. And listen, I think probably everybody in this room knows of some Christians, some people that claim to follow Christ, and yet you see in their lifestyle and what they do and their actions, you see, man, they're living however they want to live, and they're walking with the world. I know I've got some friends like that. I've got some friends that I care for deeply, that, man, they know Christ, and they know His Word, and all of the stuff that we're supposed to do, and you know what they end up doing? They end up living their life exactly like the world does, and they wonder why things just are always going wrong. And sometimes they even blame God because they're not seeing the, the, the success that they believe they should have because of following Christ when they're not actually following Christ. And so understand this, like not walking with God, man, it has disastrous consequences. In fact, if you look in Scripture in John chapter 14, 15, you know what? Uh, Jesus said this, that if you love me, what does he say? Somebody say it. Is it on the screen? No, it's not on the screen. I was thinking y'all are cheating. If you love me, what? You will obey me. You'll keep my commandments, right? I mean, that's an important statement. You go to James chapter 1, verse 22. What does that passage say? But be doers of the word and not just hearers only. Now listen, we know clearly, and I want to make sure you understand this. Our faith, our salvation, our assurance of our salvation is not based on our works, okay? Ephesians chapter 2 tells us very clearly that it is not because of our works. It is by faith that we are saved, right? That is how we come to Christ. We believe in Christ. We believe that He's God's Son, that He died and that He rose again, Romans chapter 10. And therefore, we have our salvation and it is assured. It is not through our works that we are saved. But yet, because of our salvation, man, we better serve God. We better walk with God. We better obey God. And so we clearly see in this passage the statement that, man, if you don't walk with God, the results are disastrous. And I think Israel had seen that, right? In fact, if you think about it now, one of the greatest ways that Israel had seen this is because when they disobeyed God in the wilderness, you know what God told them, right? That all of those of you who are alive that came out of Egypt you will not be alive when you enter into the promised land. So they knew there was a consequence for their actions. In fact, the statement that is being made here, as Moses is, is restating the, the, uh, the commands of God, he's restating them to a new generation, a generation that had not seen the things that the previous generation had seen. In fact, God made it very clear that right now, at this moment, at this time, that the only ones who were actually going to enter into the land that he had promised them were the new generation, the next generation, and Joshua and Caleb. Moses himself was not going to enter in. So do you see that, understand that, recognize here that is what God wants to give to us is this, walking with God is the best option you can possibly have. Not walking with God can really mess things up. 
I hope you get that. I hope you understand that truth because in every one of our journeys, in every one of our lives, it doesn't matter who we are, it doesn't matter how young or how old we are, I can promise you this, that when you choose not to obey God, there are consequences for those actions. There are consequences for that decision. God makes it very clear. So then what do we do? Well, here's what we do. And again, Moses makes it very clear. We have to hold God's truths close to our hearts and we have to share it with others. We have to tell others about what it is that God has done. So look at this passage, verse uh, 18 through 22. God says this, imprint these words of mine on your hearts and uh, in minds. Bind them as a sign on your hands and let them be a symbol on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates so that as long as the heavens are above the earth, your days and those of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give to your fathers. In other words, he says, listen, listen, every moment of every day, remember what it is that I've told you. Remember what it is to follow after me. Love me with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It says here in this passage that we got to make sure that we bind them as a sign on our hands, that we've got to like put them on our foreheads. And that does not mean you need to go out and get tattoos. Okay, that doesn't mean that. But if you've ever been to Israel, it is interesting that the Orthodox Jewish people in Israel today, that whenever their time of prayer comes, and you can see it throughout the land of Israel, you can also see it, by the way, even when you're flying to Israel, when you're on a jumbo jet flying over the ocean, and you're flying towards Jerusalem or towards Tel Aviv, that the people who are devout Jewish, the Orthodox Jewish that are on the plane, when their time comes during that, that, during that flight, because it's usually like a 12-hour flight, whenever it comes during that flight where it's a time for them to pray, you'll notice that what they do is they open up a little bag or a little box that they have with them, and they get out this strap and they wrap it around their arms, and then they take out this thing and they, they attach it to their head. It looks like a, a headlamp, like a, like a miner, you know, and it's this box that they put on their foreheads. It points back to this passage that for all of history, God says, you bind them. And binding means to like hold them tight, right? And so they will wrap it tightly around their arms. They will attach it to their foreheads and they will pray with that uh, on their hands and on their forehead. Why? Because of what the book of Deuteronomy tells us, that for all of our lives, that we have to bind them, that we have to hold them, that we have to attach them, that we have to talk about them when we walk in the daytime, when we go to bed at night, when we get up in the morning, talk about this, share them. Listen, it is critical, vital that you recognize that your walk with God is not something that you can isolate yourself with. You can't do this thing called walking with God all by yourself. You've got a duty and a responsibility to live it out, but you've got a duty and a responsibility to tell others about it. You've got a responsibility that God gives. That man, you've got to make sure it's clear. Hey, this is what God told us. And that's what God, through Moses, is telling Israel here. Listen, for the rest of your days, make sure that your children and their children and their children, they know what God said. So we have that duty and that responsibility to hold his truths close, to hold them important, like vital, important messages that are given to us here. Grab a hold of them. And make sure that we tell others about them. And so that brings us down to like the bottom line. The bottom line just simply is this. You got to be a follower of Jesus Christ. God's saying, listen, all this noise that's going on, 
the land that you're about to enter, man, it's going to get wild. It's going to get crazy. You're going to see things you've never seen before. You're going to see the way that they worship, and you're going to be tempted. Remember, we read it about a moment ago, like, don't be enticed to worship the way that they worship. We live in a day-to-day where the enticement is always there, the, the, the pull, the gravitational pull away from God and towards the world will always be front and center in your journey. But God makes it clear, the bottom line, man, follow Christ. Look what it says in verse 22. For if you carefully observe every one of these commands I'm giving you to follow, to love the Lord your God, number one, to walk in all of His ways, number two, and remain faithful to Him, the Lord will drive out all these nations before you, and you will drive out nations greater and stronger than you are. And listen to this last promise, and every place the sole of your foot treads will be yours. In other words, love God, walk in His ways, hold tightly to His truths, and God will do for you what you can't even imagine. That was true for Israel 3,500 years ago. Let me just tell you something. It could not be more true for today. Because we live in a world where we're constantly pulled away from God. You will face it every day for the rest of your lives. And so Moses says it clearly, man, hold tightly to Christ. And I want to thank you for joining with us together today as we see what it is that God has done for us all. And today, if you've made a decision for Christ, or if you would like to talk further about what it is that God has done for you in the giving of His Son, Jesus, I would encourage you to email me at the address that is on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. We would love to connect with you to help you begin a brand new journey with Christ. If you would like to help contribute to our ministry as we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with an amazing message of God's love.